live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, and author of the brand new book coming out in two weeks, Building a Non-Anxious Life, is my co-host today. Thanks for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Peter is with us in Miami, Florida. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. How can we help? So uh, I'm wondering what role you think I should play in helping my financially irresponsible mother. Mm. You know, one of the things that it's weird about that question uh, for a lot of us is when we face that is it seems like money is in a different category than other misbehavior. Mm -hmm. If you changed out her misbehavior for something else, a different kind of misbehavior or irresponsibility, um, what would the, how would the answer change? It it shouldn't really, should it? It ought to be the same answer. So in other words, if we wanted to go extreme and say, how do I help my mom who's addicted to cocaine? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it wouldn't be give her more. Right. It would be help her break the habit and transform her life. That's help. Help is not doing more of the bad thing. Help is correcting the behaviors. So, and of course the person that involves the person on the other end wanting the help. Yeah. That's, I usually run into parents don't want your help. They want your solution, right? Yeah. I would, she, she, she just has no issues. Uh, you know, coming to me again and again and again and again, and a nibble here and a bite here, and you know, I I, I know that the big bite is coming. But hold on, but I hold on, hold on. The- Why wouldn't she come to you? Because you give it to her every time. <clears throat> right, I know. And so at this point, I don't even blame you're, her. You're anymore. a dependable enabler. Yeah, I don't even blame her anymore. I am, I am, and you know, it's it's the, the nibbles I don't mind, and I know that this is about the bad thing to say, but that's what got her to the bite. And, you know, next thing I know, she's telling me that she rents, she rents her house because she's been bankrupt, et cetera. So she can't get a mortgage and she can't frankly afford a mortgage down here anymore. Um, so she came to me cause she needed money for movers. She needed money for her security deposit her first month, last month, which I did all of that. Uh, and then I sort of dug into her finances and realized that you can't even afford this rent. So I tried to get ahead of that. And fortunately I'm doing very well for myself and my family, but I'm doing well for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And I've got two young children and a wife and a mortgage and a business to run. Um, so I, I just, so I, I tried uh, to get hey, ahead Peter, of it. how long, how long has this been going on? Oh, I mean her financially. No, you giving her money, on. you giving her money. How long has that been going on? Uh, probably five, six, seven years. How old is she? About 73. Oh, wow. And she's stone broke. Yeah, and recently widowed, which only you know made me softer. My my, my stepfather passed two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So obviously that I was trying to and, help. And, and what her. do you make? Uh, family household income is probably three quarters of a million. Okay. And um, so it's not a matter of you can't or can you can mathematically. Yeah. It's a matter of what's good for her. She's 73. She's probably not very employable. 
Um, I guess she has social security she does have coming. A job. I'm she, sorry. She does have a full time job. She does have a full time job. Okay, I'll, 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 I, I retract that statement. What does she do? Uh, she's a uh, customer service, and she has been for about 20 years at the same job. But you know, she's one fall away from mm-hmm. yeah. not being able to work anymore. Yeah. Okay. So. I'll tell you the financial answer, and I'll let John tell you the psychological answer, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the financial answer, if I'm in your shoes, is I'm going to sit down with her and say, Mom, you have this coming in from your Social Security. You have this coming in from your job, and these are your bills. Let's do a, let's do a budget together, and um, you can make your bills, or you're within $400 of making your bills, or whatever it is, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I am not going to write checks just from today on without us having a sense of control over what's going on here. So I'll help you and coach you with your money, but um, it looks to me like you have enough to live on. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you and coach you live on that. Or if you don't have enough to live on, I'm going to give you $2,000 a month so that you have enough to live on. It's 24000 out of 750000 You can afford it. But you say, this is what we're doing. But then there, she needs to um, just it, – it, it's you're becoming bitter, and I would too, yes. because you feel like an ATM machine. Exactly. And, and, and then there's exactly. an entitlement that goes with this on her end. And so I would shut all of that down and just say, okay, this is a system, and we're going to live by this system and uh, draw some boundaries. And mom, if you don't want to do that, what I'm if you don't want to live on the budget that you and I put together and that I check on you to make sure you're living on that budget, then um, then I'm not going to help you anymore. And you're going to have okay. to f- just figure it out because it's not good for you what I've been doing and I'm sorry I've let you down. John, what would you do? Yeah, I wonder if you're more frustrated with yourself than with her right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just, <clears throat> every time I try to get ahead of it, you know, for example, when, when she was looking at this rent, um, I said, you know what, I'm just going to buy her an apartment and then she can just pay me, you know, what she can afford. I, I was going to buy her an apartment outright and I was scrambling because she was looking for a rental that she couldn't afford. None of these places could she afford because we kind of not a deep dive, but we looked at her finances. And then I realized, okay, it's, this is just easier for me to buy an apartment. At least then I can consider it a quote unquote investment of some sort. Um, and I presented her with it and she said, no, I don't want to live there. I'm just going to rent this other place. And hold on. And that's where you who are clearly a special businessman to be able to make the money you make, you're clearly very smart. And I would be willing to bet nobody in your, in your sphere blows past you like that but she does right and i don't want you to consider um sitting down at the table and saying i'm looking that you at at the fact that you may be around until you're 93 20 more years Mm -hmm. we have to put some things in concrete right now i want you to tattoo this phrase on the middle of your forehead choose guilt over resentment every time because right now you're backing yourself into a corner because you won't set boundaries and you're beginning every time your mom calls you get angry yes and your mom quite frankly deserves better than that 
And that means you have to set the boundaries up. And then she is a 73-year-old adult can say, I hate you. You don't even love me. And you walk away. She's a grown-up and she gets to do that. I would hate that, but she gets to do that. Your job is to create boundaries that are sustainable for 20 years from this point forward. And by the way, sit with your wife and y'all decide what y'all are going to do to help her um, before you sit down with your with your mom. Yeah, how much you're willing to do. But the unlimited thread being pulled on the sweater is killing both of you. Yeah. You got to cut it. This Open phones this hour at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Dr. John, the um, I, I don't really have a good exact checklist or anything, but just general observation over 30 years of doing this on the air and working with people. Um, one of the... I'll just make it up. Top five pain points that people have with money is um, how to properly be compassionate, kind, loving to uh, extended family, grown children that have problems. How do we, you know, children that are out of the house or that should be out of the house. Uh, parents, brother, sister, uh, extended family, uh, that, that we see that they have a need or they bring us a need, either one, and then how to appropriately deal with that. The whole issue of boundaries, Dr. Henry Cloud sold 10 million boundaries books off of that concept, but the whole, our, our buddy Henry, but the, uh, uh, the, the, that whole issue is, you know, mathematically, it probably causes almost as much disruption in someone's wealth-building journey as anything else. Mm. Keeps you from becoming wealthy. And is it the lack of, when I don't f- fully underst- understand what my values are around money, when I fully don't understand my own footing, is that where the, is that where the challenges come from? I, I, or they I don't know. Don't want, I, I, they don't want I, their family members to be mad at them? In my mind, it's reduced simply to we don't know how to establish proper boundaries. Mm. And a, a boundary can be that I agree to help somebody. A boundary can be I agree to I, I decided I'm going to say no. But we don't have that that part of our compass is as it's as toxic as some families are but it's like that last caller gets mad that somebody keeps coming in his space but he's never done the work to define his space exactly and exactly. so you have to do the hard work and say this is for me and my house this is what we make this is what we have this is what we can do and then ask would we do that and why and those are questions that people don't like to ask well but i mean when when you're uh there's, there's a book called uh, glass castle mm. Uh, that is a, a lady that was a MSNBC reporter, um, very well known, and she was raised in an extremely weird, toxic, dysfunctional family. Both of her parents, as she's an adult, were living on the street in New York while she was working at MSNBC. Wow. They were homeless. Wow. They chose. Mm. They, but they were kooky. Mm. But, um, I mean, it's it's a great read yeah. just because it's like, oh, just in case you thought your family was crazy, you know, thing. But the uh, – um, but yeah, but the uh, you know she felt helpless to fix them, mm. but they chose homelessness in that case. Um, you can't make these adults behave 
the only thing you can control is your space and that's so hard for people oh, it's so hard it's so hard but like that last caller there has there, there I, I guess let's, let's say it this way there will be a confrontation yep that will happen and the earlier you can have it the 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 lower it tends to be and so in that last situation where he's thinking i'm just going to buy her an apartment i found one that i can afford i'll write a check for it and call it good and she said i'm not living there that's when the conversation happens then i'm not putting a penny towards the choices you're choosing to make yeah you can you can figure it out i'm not doing that this is open invitation for you right here mm-hmm. and that's a hard conversation but she has no motivation to even not live where she wants to because she knows he's just going to give me the money. Yeah, and um, it, it, it's the same way with kids, the same way with neighbors, the same way with family members. But there's a uh, cloud talks about, and I guess it was the first chapter, maybe even of that book, um, that when you set a boundary with someone who doesn't respect boundaries, one hundred percent of the time you can expect a negative reaction. Always pouting, guilt tripping, anger. None of them go, oh, well, I never thought of it that way. I'm so sorry. And think of it like you built a fence and your neighbor's throwing rocks at it, hitting it with sticks. Everyone's going to use the tools that they have to try to get you to open the gate up. And don't. Yeah. And that's hard. This is the boundary. But, man, it is really. It's hard. It causes more heartache uh, and literally then does end up driving a wedge between a husband and wife because one of them's helping the other one's. I'm I'm choosing my uh, my crazy brother who won't get a job over my wife's wishes, you know, and that drives a wedge in their marriage, and it just it slows down wealth building. And it's not to say you can't help extended family or you shouldn't help, but this idea that we're morally obligated to meet their every wish just because they hit the DNA lottery and happen to be kin to us. I think it's the. I think it's something else. Okay. I actually think um, if you if you flip this conversation on its head, we use our family members to help us feel better about ourselves. I don't want to be uncomfortable that my mom is in position X or Y, so I'm just going to do whatever. Mm. And when you do that, you're actually consuming her. You're using her to make you feel better. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit in the discomfort so that we're all better 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, it's like going to the gym and taking all the weights off the bar. That that sure makes the workout easier, but ain't nobody getting any stronger. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to use my 14-year-old mm-hmm. and her approval to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the hard conversation so you can't talk like that in this home. And it's really, when you say choose guilt over resentment, it's also you could be choosing their anger over resentment. Yeah, of course. You could be choosing their disapproval over resentment they're ugly, you could be choosing whatever whatever way they choose to hit back mm-hmm. when you draw a boundary um over resentment right because you're going to be resentful if you remain in the enabler seat right and your spouse is going to be 10x as resentful as you are if you remain in the enabler seat and in a less caustic situation let's say my mom calls and says or sends an email and says we want y'all to come to christmas a whole family's coming we're really expecting y'all to be there and we can't travel this year, or we're, our family's exhausted, we don't have the money, whatever. I can say yes, and the whole time I'm driving there, I'm going to be mad at her. The whole time I'm sitting at the meal, I'm going to be mad. It's not fair to her. It's fair to her to say, we're not coming. We're unable to make that trip this year. We're not going to be able to do it. 
And then she gets to be an adult and do whatever reactions on the back end of that she wants to do. But the fair thing is I'm not going to spend a weekend not liking my mom. Mm -hmm. I'd rather feel guilt. I'd rather listen to her responses than to sit there and smolder the whole weekend. And by the way, your kids learn how to treat in-laws when you do that or your mother when you do that. You're modeling to everybody how to live. I'm just not going to do that anymore. Yeah. I'm going to set the boundaries and they're going to be hard and I have to be in a position to let other adults walk away if they don't approve or like my boundaries on something. You know, I think Sharon and I went to the extreme other end on that. We may have messed up the other way. What's that? Um, we don't put any expectations on our kids <laughs> for the holidays and, and, uh, and we have fallen in love with our in-laws. So Winston's mom and dad, I mean, Winston's going on, dad's going on a hunting trip with me in two weeks. Yeah. You know, without Winston yeah. and without my son, you know, and because Buddy and I like each other, you know, and so Buddy and Helen and Dave and Sharon do stuff. Same, same with uh, Bill's parents, same with Allison's parents. So the in-laws were actually friends with them and we made that an intentional act. That's cool. But they're also cool people. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we'll travel together. I mean, Buddy's gone, you know, we've gone to Mexico together, done other stuff. And so that's cool that we've gone on golfing trips with all of us, all the guys, all three, all three grandpas. That's you know, pretty cool. That's yeah. fun. So, uh, you know, we'll do that kind of stuff, but we intend it. And then when Thanksgiving comes up and the kids go, oh, we're going to Kansas City to Allison's parents. Good. Yeah. You should. Knock it out. Should. And um, then we'll just figure it out. We see you all the time, by the way. They're all here. They're, here, they're so, all here in Nashville. So, yeah. So we got, we got it made in that regard. But it doesn't, it's not like we're perfect or something, but we just went to the extreme of full release. Yeah. And, and, and the happiness, the, the secret to happiness is low expectations. Hello. <laughs> but there's a strange phenomenon, Dave, that when you fully release it, it tends to come back. It tends to come back. But it works out. It does. It works out because, again, it, it just if you don't have these expectations, you don't stay screwed up and torqued out all the time. That's right. And that's the same true of somebody else's money. And then people want to be around you when you're not torqued out all the time. It just tends to work that way. Yeah, and again, that's a type of boundary situation. So this, it's a very interesting discussion. It's something I've observed here for 30 years. So setting boundaries with the extended family on money. With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Rick is in Boston. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, 65 years old um, and wondering if I'll be able to retire at 72 and be okay with my current situation. Okay. What's your current situation? Uh, okay. Well, um, I'm, uh, I'm very healthy and very well in shape. 
I have a great job. I plan on continuing to work. Um, I still owe 136000 on my home. Mm-hmm. I would like to have that paid off by the time I do my retirement at 72. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a truck, um, 30000 on the truck. Mm-hmm. And um, in March of this year, I installed solar on my, my roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sorry I did that. Uh, that was a $22,000. I bought it outright, $22,000 loan. Um, I'm sorry, you, you, is it a loan or did you buy it? Uh, well, it's it's through a, uh, um, I took out a solar loan. So it's a, a loan. Um, okay, so you're $22,000 in debt on solar. What else? Correct. Uh, 18 left on that, by the way. Okay. Um, trying, to pay, trying to pay that off. I have not yet received my federal uh, percentage my te- for taxes next year, but that's going on there. So that'll be down to like nine grand probably in March of next year. Um, I have 110 401k. I have 5,000 emergency and I have zero credit card debt. I do. What do you make? A hundred grand a year. Okay. I pay alimony approximately um, just about 10,000 a year. I have till November of 24. Okay. What I would do if I were in your shoes is I would get these two debts paid off immediately. And I would stop at, I would solar? stop adding to your 401k temporarily and I want you uh, I want the truck and the solar paid off inside of 12 months. Really? Beans and rice, rice and beans. You have no life until you get that done. That is that is yep. job 1. It's an emergency or sell the stupid okay. truck one of the two. Well, I can't. That's you know, my only vehicle. Well, you could get um, another vehicle. You don't need a $30,000 one. But uh, yeah. yes, you can. So well, it. actually, it's it's a sixty thousand dollar truck. I only owe thirty grand on it. I oh, had, good. Uh, then you can sell it and get a thirty thousand dollar car. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, I'd yeah. sell it right now, um, buy a ten thousand dollar car, and pay that other debt off too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because you don't have any money. Well, yeah. Well, you're sixty five years old and I you're don't. broke. Yeah. Um, so here's here's I had a plan. Let me let me tell you what my plan was. You tell me if you think this is work. Uh, if, if this is good or not. I now totally listen to you guys. Um, in in fourteen in fourteen months, um, my alimony payments stopped. So that's another ten grand that I have that I was thinking about um, putting back into my four hundred one k and trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to be hit my full retirement age, so I can start taking my social security, which is about $3,200 a month. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try and pay off the loans with that, the mm-hmm. house and the truck. Well, the solar by then, but the solar, I'm not really worried about because I've been making a lot of payments on that and that'll be just about gone. Um, but between the house and the truck, I, with my, you know, and continue to work, mm-hmm. um, I thought maybe, cause you know, what do you figure? 30, 3,200 a month in, um, social security. Yeah, um, you, you're about five hundred or six hundred thousand dollars behind. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and so um, no, I think your plan's too slow. I would get more radical if I was in your shoes. Uh, okay. I would get a thirty thousand dollar truck. I would sell this one or, or a ten thousand dollar truck, and I pay off the stuff by Christmas. I'd be debt free, other than the house uh, and every dollar I can squeeze out. I'm, I'm then going to start putting fifteen percent of my income into retirement and everything else towards this house, and I want the house paid off in like three years not in seven years 
and then I want you right. just loading up 401ks and Roth IRAs and anything else you can load up in good mutual funds. Then you will end up with about four or $500,000 in a paid-for house at 72. The track you're on right now, you're going to end up with about $250,000 in a paid-for house at 72. And that, that there's about a $250,000 swing in what you're planning to do and what I'm teaching you. But I'm teaching you some sacrifice you don't really want to do. And you got to quit saying crap like the cellular was a good idea. It wasn't a good idea. Broke people don't spend $22,000 on cellular. Solar. Solar, whatever it is, yeah. And you got to quit borrowing money. Don't buy cellular either. You got to quit buying money or borrowing money. You don't have any. You don't have yeah, any money. That's my point. You got to stop this. You can't. You can't talk about this is. This is okay. This is okay. This is, it's not okay. It's killed you, man. I mean, you make good money and you got virtually no money. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying you're horrible, but you're a C minus student at this. This is not an A plus. You're not. You didn't flunk. You're not. You're not retiring it with Social Security only. That's flunking, right? But, uh, but you know, you, you got to lean into this and yeah, I'm with John. I, if I woke up in your shoes, what would I do? I'm about your age. I mean, I'm 63. So if I woke up in your shoes, I'd be driving a $10,000 truck. I'd be debt free and I'd have a game plan, knock that 136 out so fast. It's unbelievable. Meanwhile, dumping everything else I can find into my 401k, getting a, a you know, Roth IRAs and load those puppies up. Cause here's the thing. Seven years, it'll double whatever you're doing, whatever you got in your lump sum today, it'll double. If it's in good mutual funds, so that one ten that's there will be two, will be two twenty, and your house will be paid for. That's your two hundred fifty thousand I'm talking about. That's what you'll have. Uh, you might have a little bit more than that if you if you get aggressive on putting some in. You might have three hundred, but you could you could have six hundred. And we talked, and, and then you can buy a truck. We talked about this earlier. The confrontation will come, and this confrontation is going to be between you and math. It's coming. You can you can manage it on your terms right now. And make some sacrifices, some pretty hard sacrifices, or you can just wait, and it will hit you at eighty-eight in your award of the state. Yep. Ellen's with us in Atlanta. Hi, Ellen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. Hey, Dave. Hey, John. Really appreciate your show. Sure. Um, I am uh, sixty-three years old. I'm single, and I am trying to decide whether to take out a loan on a house or townhouse or to buy. Uh, my net worth is about $4 million. Um, Why would you borrow three- money? <laughs> well, my financial advisor uh, advised me to do that. Oh, I, I would get a new financial advisor. Yeah, they're fired. Oh, oh. Bye, Felicia. Okay. You, you, have, you have more money than he does. And how did you get there? How did you get there? Not by his advice. You got Uh, there by using your common sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and And your common sense is telling you to pay cash for this. Yeah, it is. And your financial advisor is confusing you. Yes, I'm very confused. Pay cash. Um, Okay. I'm interested even, how did he come to this? Oh, he wants her to invest the money with him. Yeah, he wants to hold on Um, to your money because if you buy a house with cash, he loses that investment money, right? So he has a financial interest in you not doing what's best for you. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in his argument. It's that she can make Um, more on the investment. Oh, jeez. That mortgage uh, mortgage rates are going to go down and there'll be um, more... I guess more inventory on the housing market, so maybe prices will go down mm-hmm. within the year. Um, 
Yeah. You, re- you so, really, you really need a new guy, hon. Okay. Okay. Because there's a, there's a housing shortage. We've got the lowest inventory in 15 years on the market right now. There's only a million properties on the market right now. There's usually three million on the market. So when you have that kind of a shortage, prices don't go down; they go up. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's a shortage like that, so we're not going to see house prices go down, not substantially. They're probably going to go up about 7% in 23. That's what all the projections are. This guy is playing games with his math um, that's dangerous. And you need to trust you. You are wiser than he is. Trust your instincts. I would pay cash for it if I were in your shoes. And, of course, you called Dave Ramsey. You knew he was going to say that. So this is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today and is with us in San Diego. Hi, Ann. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dr. John. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I love all your answers today, especially the one about tithing. Oh, thank you. How can we help? So, yes. Okay, so I've got $350,000 in mutual funds. Um, which generates a monthly income for me of about $2,000. And that $2,000 is about a third of my total income for the month. Um, My question to you is I've got a car loan out for, it's $20,000 total. And I just was informed that we have to pay back our student loans, which will be about $25,000. How old are you? The question is, I'm 67. Okay. All right. So you're retired and this is your nest egg. Yes. And what is it invested in? Mutual funds. Okay. So they're making more than $2,400 a month or $2,000 a month, was it? But you're just not taking all of it out. Right. Exactly. Okay. Good. Good. Okay, so would I rather have three hundred thousand and no debt, or three hundred and fifty thousand with debt? Um, no. That's, the question is, should I pay off the student loan and the car loan mm-hmm. with my mutual fund? Yes. Is that your so only? That is that your fun. only money? Is that three hundred and fifty thousand? Oh no, no, no. Oh, how much money elsewise do you have? Elsewise, I have a retirement, I have a pension, and Social Security. Okay, the retirement is a nest egg or what? Uh, It's a monthly income. Okay, so you have a bunch of monthly income, but in terms of money that you have in in actual savings of any kind, retirement or otherwise, this 350 is it. Exactly, yes. Gotcha. Your home is paid for? It is. Good for you. So you don't even need the income off of this. You could live off of the other streams of income, couldn't you? I could, but not as comfortably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Right. All right. So I suspect that your decrease in what you would draw, if you were drawing on 300 rather than on 350, would be uh, less than the payments that you're going to pay off. So I would imagine you have a net gain. Right. So I'd pay it off today. With the mutual fund? Yes. 
That's going to really reduce your income. It? It's going to reduce your income from the mutual fund, but it's also going to reduce your outgo for these two payments. Exactly. And, yes. and of course, your financial advisor said, "Don't do this." <laughs> yeah, he like shook his head. Of course, said, he did. You know the. He said, like, the market is, like, really volatile right now to me. Yeah, it's, like, like way up. Yes. (laughs) And listen, when it's way down, he's going to say it's really volatile. Just leave it to me. I'll take care of you. Yeah, exactly. If you pull this money out and pay your debt off, he's going to make less money. Let me me tell you something else that's going to happen, Ann. That's really hard to believe. Okay. You're going to feel physically different when you don't have any debt at all. It's so weird. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to describe to people. Some people, it's more dramatic than others. It just depends on how much of a worrier you are. The more of a worrier you are, the more you'll feel it. Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, John always says your body keeps the score. It, it's it's you're, You physically register the fact that you owe money. And for the last three years. Even though you could pay it off tomorrow. You've been playing ping pong with the government on who's paying your loans back. You, them, them, you, you, them. How do you have a student loan at 67? What did you do? Yeah. What did you do? Did you go back to school like at 62? Oh, well, it's my daughter's. Oh, it's a parent plus. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that makes more sense. Sort of. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if I if I woke up in your shoes, is the way I answer questions here, knowing what I know, and my net worth is greater than that of your financial advisor, um, and so, you know, there's a lot of ways we can measure expertise in this area if you want, but that's one of them. Um, I would pay. I would pay to. Uh, I mean, I'd pay that loans off today, and take a little bit smaller draw, but you would have a smaller outgo. And you'll still have approximately the same net cash flow in your budget, maybe a little bit better net cash flow in your budget from doing this. So it won't affect your life except that you're not going to owe anybody and you're done. And very few people become wealthy using borrowed money to do it. Most people become wealthy using cash flow. And so you're not, you're not adding to your wealth by holding these debts. Dave, I'm going to start getting all worked up. That's the second caller today that has called. In said, this hour. In this hour that has a financial advisor doing something against their best interest to their client. Yeah, it. there's two types of people, though, there, honestly, like there isn't a lot of things. Number one, there's financial advisors that um, are straight up just doing it because they make more money. You know, just a straight up ethics issue, as far as you and I are concerned, against their best interest. The second thing is, is they just honestly disagree. Mm. They would go borrow on a car to put money in mutual funds. They really believe that. Or they would go borrow on your house to put money in mutual funds. They really believe that. They're wrong, but they really believe it. Mm. And so my contention is, is you actually get screwed more often by enthusiastic ignoramuses than by con con artists. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's more enthusiastic ignoramuses out there than than there is con artists. I've been one for a long time. Yeah, I've, I've been one. Yeah. I've never been a con artist. Right. I've never purposefully, with evil and malevolence, just taken, uh, you know, the idea I'm going to steal from somebody or I'm going to hurt somebody so that I get gain. I have never done that in my life, ever. I don't, not a single time. But I have enthusiastically endorsed some absolutely ridiculous things. Me too. Yeah. Not for the last 30 years. 
<laughs> but uh, but prior to that, man, I got a PhD in stupid. Yeah, I ha- I can tell you story after story of stupid butt stuff I've told people to do, help them do it, encourage them to do it, forcefully and passionately argued stupidity. I have done that. Oh my God, I've done that when I wore a younger man's clothes. But yeah, I don't know. It sounds a lot like uh, when you convinced me to jump out of an airplane with you too. <laughs> you lived and you got a great story. No I whining. Great story. No That's whining. Pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. And it was um, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We need to do it again. It's about time. But um, I, I think this <laughs> but, is also, um, I do, hey, I'll, I would do it tomorrow. I, you, you got me hooked. But I do think it's important for people to remember if you've amassed wealth and you've done well for yourself and you've got somebody saying, hey, this is the right way. It reminds me of there's, there's a great documentary out where there's a bunch of grandmothers and they're sitting there talking about margarine. And they said, everyone told us that margarine was better for us than just pure butter. And they started trying to get this margarine out of the tubs with like a spatula. And they, to a person said, we knew it in our bones. This wasn't right. But they told us. And so we just went with it and it wasn't good. And so it's very similar. If your guts tell you this is wrong, let's do something else. Which, by the way, margarine is colored lard. Just in case you're wondering. uh, It's... Just yeah, go with it. With yeah. a side of chemicals. Yeah, yeah, eat butter. This is why when you get real butter at a gourmet <laughs> restaurant, your brain freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> it lights up like a Christmas Because you've been eating colored lard. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, that's the truth. We did. We grew up on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the things we were told, um, these preservatives keep the food from going bad. They're so good for you. But they destroy your body. You grew up in the, uh, in the menthol tab margarine era. The golden era of American nutrition. I grew up where every adult in my life could cuss the highway patrolman with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth and never leave their mouth. <laughs> That's where I grew up. That, you know, the, there's so much nicotine in the house, it was running down the walls. <sighs> and uh, smoking sections in uh, on the plane are my favorite memory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As if it wouldn't run its way down this hollow <laughs> aluminum tube and the whole place fill up with smoke. As if the smoke would obey the little sign that said smoking section. They had if them only, in restaurants. Then they had them in restaurants, too. If only they'd had someone tell them to wear masks, they would have been much safer. You know, who, who would think of that? I don't know. Fauci. <laughs> oh, who knew? Before That was before America got Fauci'd. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.